What would our society be without women? Impossible to comprehend, right? And yet, women have been marginalized for hundreds and hundreds of years, fighting long and hard for equal pay, for voting rights, for true recognition of their value in business, their leadership, and their critical role in society. Luckily for all of us, we have never been closer to actually achieving gender equality. And that's our topic in this hour. Women's empowerment and gender equality, from the unthinkable to the inevitable, here today on An Organic Conversation, your show on everything that makes life worth living. I'm Helge Helberg. An Organic Conversation, at its heart, is a show about the feminine, the life-giving forces of the earth, soil and womb, and universal feminine principles of leadership, such as nourishment, embrace, true listening, and care. And luckily for all of us, society is slowly moving more and more toward embracing those principles. From organic and biodynamic agriculture, sustainability, to stewardship of the land, from environmental protection to women's leadership in society, politics, and business. Gender equality is happening. Today we're speaking with Tiffany Schlein about her new documentary that captures the women's rights movement. From where we started some thousand years ago, the painful path throughout, to where we are today to reach gender equality finally again. Women Empowerment and Gender Equality, From the Unthinkable to the Inevitable. That's our focus in this hour of an organic conversation. All that and more coming up in just a minute. This show is brought to you by Bowman College, a leader in the field of holistic nutrition and culinary arts. Become a nutrition consultant or a natural chef at one of their campuses or learn from home in a self-paced mentored distance learning program. For more information on a degree in holistic nutrition or culinary arts, bowmancollege.org. And Fry Vineyards, America's first organic winery, family-owned and operated. Dedicated to the highest levels of organic and biodynamic farming, Fry never adds synthetic sulfites or other preservatives to their wines. Award-winning wines at frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our topic in this hour is women's empowerment and gender equality, from the unthinkable to the inevitable. We're looking at the path of women that have been marginalized for hundreds and hundreds of years, the fight for equal pay, for voting rights, and for a true recognition of their value in business and their critical role in leadership for all of society. And on the phone with me now is Tiffany Schlein, the director of a new important documentary. And it's not her first one, as we will learn in just a minute. She has been a leader in this movement for many years. The movie is called 50-50, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power. Tiffany, do we have you on the line? Yes, it's wonderful to be here. <laughs> Same here. Thank you for making time. I know you are a busy woman. You have created amazing pieces. Uh, you are a leader in this movement. And when I watched 5050, I was as surprised as what it sounds like you were when you started that movie 
to learn the interesting history of the women's rights movement, which started differently than what we may assume. But first off, congratulations on this important film. It starts Thank with you. the question of how many elected presidents and prime ministers throughout history have been women. Can you talk about what prompted you to ask this question? Yeah, I, you know, I've made um, films on women's rights before and grew up with two feminist parents, both my mother and father, and felt very knowledgeable as a feminist of the of history and, and, the, and the world we live in. And, and yet, and yet I was at an event and I met this woman named Laura Liswood. And I asked her what she did for a living. And she said, I convene elected women presidents and prime ministers. And I thought that sounded like a fascinating job. And I asked her <laughs> uh, how long she'd been doing it. She said, 20 years. I said, how many were there 20 years ago? And uh, thinking the answer was only like maybe three or four. Sure. <laughs> exactly. And she said, well, actually, there was 15. And I was just stopped me in my tracks. And then I said, well, how many are there today? thinking maybe it had grown to maybe seven. And she said the answer was 50, around 50. And I literally, like if my jaw could have dropped on the floor, I was so surprised. And this was a year ago. Um, now the number is closer to 62, actually. But I proceeded to then ask everyone I knew and people I didn't know, people on the street, people who ran big feminist organizations, CEOs, anyone I ran into, what they thought the number was. And most people came up with the numbers that I had, which were way less. And it really made me think, wow, this is fascinating that maybe we're telling the wrong story. That I think we're so used to talking about the fight and struggle that we need to know our history more and know the context more. And it really inspired me to A, make this movie and to go back to the beginning of time. And what else didn't I Yes. Put me on a whole journey to make this film. I go back ten. The whole the film is a twenty minute film, and it's a ten thousand year history of women in power in twenty minutes, which was very satisfying to put in one film. And before we dive into the film itself, why do you think this is so little known that anyone on the street would say? I mean, maybe you know Margaret Thatcher and a few others come mm -hmm. to mind, but definitely under ten. It's fifty, and now it's sixty-two. Why is this so little known? I think there isn't enough media attention and history books and literature that connects all the dots of these women in power. Um, I know personally in the United States, we haven't had a woman president. We were really hoping that we were about to have one last month, and we're all quite heartbroken about it About for many reasons that, um, that Hillary Clinton is not our president-elect right now. So in America, we haven't had it yet. But I asked international. I asked people from other countries too, and they didn't know. So I think there's this bigger story that is not being told, and we are much more likely to be telling a story of scarcity. Yeah, and exactly. Um, can you expand on that statement? It, it 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 was the next topic I wanted to get to because you show clearly in your. Uh, in your film that our current status of perceiving what is clearly not so, it's much better than we thought, which is actually empowering, that is a, a story of scarcity. Can you expand upon that statement? What do you mean by it and what is happening with the feminine movement and women's rights throughout history? Well, I think, you know, importantly, women have focused on where we are not. And, you know, we're only 2% of this and this percent of this boards and all the, the really startling and real percentages of all the ways that we are not equal in this society. Instead maybe, of the successes you're saying. Yes, but I feel like maybe to our detriment, we've been focusing too much on that. And that at the same time, mm -hmm. as we know these very real raw facts of where we need to go, we also need to have the historical context and all the women, courageous women who have led or who have you know, been trailblazers. We need to really know their names, keep them all in our mind, and keep them right next to us as we're trying to get to a more equal world. Yes. I'm speaking with Tiffany Schlein, the director of a new movie, a new documentary. It's called 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power. The website is Let It Ripple. Dot org. She's an Emmy-nominated filmmaker and founder of the Webby Awards. Tiffany, can you somehow, 
<laughs> create uh, a timeline of two or three minutes of these 10,000 years of women's development of equality. Where where do we come from? What were kind of the two, three, four highlights or dark points? And where are we today? Yeah, one of the we, we go ten back 10,000 years because before patriarchy, we were living, most societies were, were goddess cultures where they worshipped women and women were leaders and they could marry, they could divorce, they could own property, they were teachers, they were scholars. And I think it's really good to remember that because so often we, we talk about the beginning of patriarchy. And I think if we rethink of our history from further back, it's very empowering also to remember that we're getting back to where we were. We're not trying to get somewhere we've never been. So that was really an important moment. And then... What caused the derailment? You know, my father wrote... Are you familiar with my father's work? His name is Leonard Schlein. Yeah, as a writer. Yeah. He wrote a book called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess, and he was trying to see what was the single event that happened in every civilization that changed all the goddesses mm -hmm. to gods, that changed the sex of gods from women to men. And what he saw was the advent of literacy. And he tracks it beautifully in this 500-page book called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess. So that is my father's theory. A lot of other people point to agriculture and valuing strength, like physical strength. And so there are different theories, but it's, you know, you could just go to any history museum to see all the goddess cultures, and then suddenly it was like all men. And so that was an important moment to go through in the film. And then also just remembering that, you know, women didn't vote in our country. It hasn't been that long. And there was a period in the United States and in Europe where all of the most courageous, wise women were burned at the stake and called witches. You know, some people say it was 50,000 women that we lost from our narrative, all leaders and very strong women. Yes. Another important moment in the film was, you know, the first wave of feminism. This is the suffragette, suffragist movement. Um, in England and America and dots around the globe where women wanted the right to vote and were very courageous in getting that fight. And then, of course, the second wave of feminism, which was uh, women going back to work and equal pay and a lot of other, um, you know, rights to bring women up. And I think what was interesting to us is that there have been a lot, a lot of long documentaries or multi-part series that have covered this. But there's something very powerful about seeing the whole history of women in power in 20 minutes that really gives you the whole gestalt mm -hmm. of, yes. of the arc of when we had power to when we did not have power to gaining power again in this world. And, you know, we, what, I, what we're going, I mean, in the United States, we still don't even have the Equal Rights Amendment has still not passed in the United States, which I was shocked to learn when I first learned. And it's, it's been brought in front. Congress every year and has not passed. And so, you know, there's some deep-seated stuff that's happening as much as we've made strides. And I think that this election of Donald Trump, although he did not win the popular vote, uh, the fact that many women voted for him, even though he's known as um, being abusive to women and all of these things, I think there's some really deep issues that need to be unpacked and looked at. Um, in addition to the fact that the majority of this country wanted a woman president and were ready for a woman leader. And I definitely think it's mm -hmm. time. Yes. Speaking of leadership, how important is the role of mentorship for an individual in leadership for a movement? How, how is that measured and how do we recognize it? Yeah, mentorship was a really big part of the film. Um, I went back to my mother had done her, her PhD thesis on the successful women and the importance of their female mentors. And, you know, that is really a determining factor. And I think one thing I learned from the film is to open up the word of mentorship. We did a lot of brainstorms with um, women around in San Francisco and, and in New York for the film. And one thing we came to is just opening up this idea of what a mentor is. Of course, there's formal mentors that are kind of ahead of you in their career that can advise you. But Many people have peer mentors, their friends that can mentor them. And many people can have young people, their children or people younger than them mentor them. So I think expanding the definition of what a mentor is is very empowering because then suddenly mentors are all around you. And after making this film, all the women I learned about from history 
are also mentors to me. They're like guideposts on how to live your life. So I think we really need to open up um, mentorship and anyone watching the movie or thinking about this could think of one person today that they could say, I am going to mentor that person. I'm going to reach out to them and tell them I want to help nurture their career Mm -hmm. and schedule literally a a 30 minute call every three months with that person and you will change that person's life. So um, I know making the film, I did that. And it's, you know, some people will say, well, I don't have a mentor. And first of all, anyone can be a mentor. That's step number one. And number two is uh, mentoring is so much about relationships and learning how to ask for advice and, and being well-learned on your, your history. Sure, yes. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helga Helberg, and I'm speaking with the director of 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power, Tiffany Schlein. She's joining us today from Mill Valley, California. Is that correct, Tiffany? Yes. In our focus of an organic conversation this week on women's empowerment and gender equality from the unthinkable to the inevitable. In your movie, Tiffany, you are talking about the 50-50 movement. It's the name of the movie, but you're also calling for a 50-50 movement. What does it entail and what does it mean? Can you explain yeah, that? So um, we made this movie. It came out a couple weeks before the election. Everyone can watch it on, online. Refinery29 released it. They're doing this great series by women directors on the dynamics of power. So we released the film, and it's gotten, you know, all incredible number of views and everything, but we want to do something more with it. And what my my film studio is known for is having the film be the cornerstone of a larger conversation and movement. So we are going to do a global event called 50-50 Day, where we'll offer to let people show the film. We're going to make print, free printed discussion materials and posters And we'll have screenings around the world, and they'll all be unified by a global Google Hangout um, with thought leaders about how to get to equality. So the last time we did this for a film, we did it on a film we made called The Science of Character that looked at the neuroscience and social science of character development. And we, um, we, we've done it for three years. We've done something called Character Day. And this last fall, we had over 93,000 events in 125 countries that were all showing this film and having discussions about what does it mean to develop who you are and be a good person for your family, community, and the world. Mm, Beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so um, we're going to take that model and put 50-50 on it. So we will offer up the movie 50-50 and have a global day where everyone's talking about what's it going to take to get to 50-50, what are the roadblocks, what are the things we need to work on, what are the things we need to figure out. So it'll be a big global conversation about equality and and how are we going to get to so both kind of a watch the film have a discussion and actionable items on how to get the world closer to equality and of course it takes everyone that's uh, one of the foundations to get us there but can you tell me what or our listeners what from your perspective right now before that first day has happened what is your take on this? You've been in this movement long enough. How do we get there? How do we get to a truly egalitarian society? Well, I think that we have to make all the men want it to. I mean, you're obviously very enlightened. Fortunately, I'm married to a very enlightened man, my husband, and had an enlightened father. But And we tried to really point out in the film how this makes the world better for everyone. This is not just about being better for women. And there's just been over 300 studies about how this benefits everyone in society. So I think really engaging um, men and people of all genders uh, to want want this world too. That would be number one. And then I think we need to we need to unpack what just happened, at least in America. This is as global, but really go deep on what are the bigger issues um, and think of actionable things. I mean. You know, we, we've made a list. If, if people are interested in watching the movie or just learning about any of the things I'm talking about, they can go to 50-50project.org or they can go to our bigger or film studio website, which is letitripple.org. But we have a list of organizations, a curated list of all the organizations helping to get us to 50-50 because there's so many organizations that have done work for so many years to try to get us closer so it's kind of bringing them all under one umbrella 
Great. to advance us. Yes. You're listening to An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. My guest today is Tiffany Schlein, the director of 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power. She's joining us today from Mill Valley, California. Her website is letitripple.org. In this hour of an organic conversation focused on women's empowerment and gender equality from the unthinkable to the inevitable. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back with so much more. This show is brought to you by Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. That's equalexchange.coop. And by Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Each garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. That's U-T-T-E-R-L-Y dot C-O. And thank you also to Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor of organic fruits and vegetables that has been sourcing solely organic produce for over 20 years. From grocery store to company cafeteria to caterers and personal chefs, anyone can buy from Earl's Organic. Certified organic produce at earlsorganic.com. And we're back here to an organic conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. Our focus in this hour is women's empowerment and gender equality. From the unthinkable to the inevitable, my guest, Tiffany Schlein, the Emmy-nominated filmmaker and director of 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power. Thanks again for joining us, Tiffany. And Tiffany, I do want to Ask as a man, though, how can I or we as men help women in a way that is not reducing women's power, but is truly supportive and empowering? I always feel torn a little bit that the moment I would step in and and give my full focus on this uh, to this, I I would take the space that could be occupied by a woman, by by a female leader. So it's kind of what what would what is the healthiest form for a man to support this without making himself too big or his power undermine the the power of the woman he's actually trying to support. Oh, it's a beautiful question. Well, I guess the first thing I would say is that when we do this 50-50 day, which everyone can sign up for now, it's free and you'll get to stay posted. We're going to have specific materials for men to speak to exactly what you're saying and how to have conversations about it and what are things you can do at work and your community. Um, because I do think it, what you brought up is exactly true. Like, how can men best support women in getting to equality? I mean, I think at companies, you know, one of the biggest things, although I've, you know, run my own company, so I don't run into this as much, but so many women talk about how men just talk more than women at meetings. Women are not often not acknowledged. So I think if men go out of their way to ask women, you know, let them speak and then to reiterate if they've said something interesting, 
and to acknowledge their accomplishments. And because in many ways, women need to do it even more. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sorry, men need to yeah. call out women's accomplishments even more to kind of make them shine. And what would be the consequence of that? You are talking in, in your movie, you're bringing that up, that the role and consequence for for men and for everyone really in this movement, uh, it's not against men by any means. You're saying no. it will free all of us, right? It will free yeah. us from, from what? Well, it will make just our society more balanced and which has a benefit, a ripple effect for everyone. So a society that treats its women with, with respect and equality, there's such a ripple effect in all avenues of society. I mean, they, I mean, I could just cite so many studies, but so to look at it as a healthy society, what can make a healthy society? A healthy society is when women are valued, treated with respect. There's not violence. They're paid the same. You know, all of these things that literally show that you respect the women as much as men. And so, you know, that's what we're going for is is a better society for everyone. What are some of the benefits? I know you there are tons of studies, but what what areas if people listen to this and they can't really picture it, what does societies that have embraced women or where women women are much much more respected and brought into feminine leadership and and their role? What do what do societies experience well, as a consequence? You know, Iceland is a great example. Yes. Um Not only have they had um, multiple women leaders, but there was one, the famous like women's strike where they said, okay, see what this world would be like if we didn't participate. <laughs> and that was a really defining moment where they were treated with a lot more respect and equality. And what my animator for this movie is from Iceland. And it's so interesting to talk to her about the way women are valued in, in Iceland versus America. Um, just by having a woman, I mean, a woman leader so many times, I think right there is saying we're trusting a woman to lead our country multiple times. And that has, you know, a big effect. And so, and, you know, um, on our site, you're actually just prompting me. I mean, we're preparing stuff for 50-50 day. Yes. But we will have um, the studies by category that people can look at um, so they're more digestible to be able to, you know, bring up because I think data and facts really help this argument very much. And, um, and you know, men that are participatory fathers, which of course alleviates the workload for women so they can also have careers if they choose, that benefits everyone. That benefits the fathers, the children, the mothers, <laughs> benefits everyone. And the the father, the transfer of, of pain or that system that we are in, at least here in the U.S., so extremely Uh, is an important one. Out of your uh, 50-50 day, which is on May 10th, uh, 2017, this year, um, May 10th, you have 93,000 events in 125 countries. Are there events particularly um, geared and structured for men? Well, the number that I gave you of the 93,000 events, that was for the last global day we did for Character Day, but our hope is to have that many um Oh, you have way more, for, way more than that. Well, well, I hope so. That would be great. Maybe all your listeners will sign up. It's like two yes. seconds to sign up, everything you need. But yeah, we are going to have materials that are specifically for men because of your question. And, you know, my producers on this movie and co-writers all have sons. They wanted to know what's the best way to talk to sons about this and husbands. And so... We will have materials that are geared specifically for men and, and how to talk to your sons. Like Anne-Marie Slaughter, who's a really wonderful thinker in the United States here, um, she, I heard her give a talk recently, and she said when you're raising sons, you know, most people ask their daughters, well, how are you going to integrate work-life balance when you have kids in your career? Well, we need to ask our sons that too. We need to get them thinking that that's something they need to think about too from an early age. So there's so many things you can do to kind of instill this equality and this structure early on. So we will have catered discussion guides for 50-50 that speak to exactly your question. Wonderful. That's Tiffany Schlein, the director of 50-50, rethinking the past, present, and future of women and power in our hour of an organic conversation on women's empowerment and gender equality from the unthinkable to the inevitable. Because of your work, we are getting so much closer than we have been in the last few hundred years. Tiffany, how can people 
support you further in your work and best websites again it's let it ripple for the film um, yeah let it ripple let it ripple.org and then um you know on facebook it's a great way to share the film because it's so shareable once you're on facebook so if people want to go to um tiffany schlein and the moxie institute is my facebook page so to join it and the film's pinned right at the top they can share it on there i'm on twitter at tiffany schlein s-h-l-a-i-n and as always if If people are interested in this work, if they sign up for my newsletter, which they can do at letterripple.org, we have a quarterly newsletter called Breakfast at Tiffany's, and we have a lot of updates about all of this stuff. So, yeah, I love all your questions, and I'd love your community to be involved in helping us get to 50-50, which I think we all want. And you're saying they can sign up for the May 10th annual 50-50 day as well as on yeah. letitripple.org? Yeah. All the information. Go to Let It Ripple. You know, you click on the Fifty Fifty movie, and then you'll find everything you need to sign up. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you for your work. Thank you for helping us men to be free right with it, uh, because we are not enjoying this oppression either. That's I think oh, really. Oh, that's so nice to hear. It's yeah, good to remember that in this administration. I truly so, think that you. is. Yeah, that is true, and. Um, We are all in this together, of course. Thank you so much for making time today, and I oh, look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Have Tiffany. a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Again, that's Tiffany Schlein, the director of a new documentary, 5050, Rethinking the Past, Present, and Future of Women and Power. Letitripple.org is the website to see the movie and to sign up for the annual 5050 Day for Gender Equality, which is on May 10th of this year, coming up May 10th, 2017. Uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of events around the globe. You can be involved, you can host one all on the same day, talking and planning about how to get to a 50-50 world, not just in politics and boardrooms, but across all parts of society. Uh, Tiffany Schlein, again, is an Emmy-nominated filmmaker and the founder of the Webby Awards. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be back with so much more. Stay tuned. This is an Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. And we are back here to an organic conversation. I am your host, Helge Helberg. Women's empowerment and gender equality from the unthinkable to the inevitable. That was our focus in this hour of an organic conversation today with Tiffany Schlein, the director of 5050, rethinking the past, present, and future of women and power. Great new documentary going through the entire history of inequality to soon reach true equality. The website is letitripple.org. We're staying with the topic of female leadership, of the feminine, in this case, universal principle of giving life and birth, womb and soil. We're moving on to sustainable agriculture, honoring the life-giving forces in the soil. Here's the update from the world of healthy fruits and vegetables All organic produce from the produce dock in San Francisco. Here's what's in season. And as always, I hope on the line with me is Earl Herrick, the voice of the San Francisco produce market. Earl, are you there? 
helping. Hell yeah, here I am. Yeah. What What is the item of the week? <laughs> yeah, that's what I wanted to touch on in, in talking to my staff here, my buyers and sellers and and uh, receiving crew. Went around and talked to different people about, you know, what, what was the year like? What, what kind of things have we noticed? Have oh, I love we, it. Yes. Have we, have we embraced? Mm-hmm. And there's a, a bunch of stuff that came up that I wanted to touch base on. Great. You know, there's, there's so many different things. There are a couple things that happened. I, we, I, we're seeing two growers pass on that uh, I've had relationships with for several decades. Uh, one grower actually passed away, and another uh, husband and wife team, well known out here, T and D Willie, out of Madeira, out in the valley. They're retiring. And wow! It's it's quite a passage, uh, you know, over the years in the different seminars and and gatherings that I've been to, the conversation the last five years has come up a lot about, you know, the aging of the organic grower and and what what does that attrition look like? What does the replacement look like? And what I've seen is a real natural evolution of, you know, the aging, the passing on. In some cases, in the George Cunningham case, his, his son-in-law picked up the farm and he's working it now and in the T&D Willie as in terms of this conversation I'm having with you right now I don't think their future is totally uh, been galvanized yet what's going to happen to the farm mm-hmm. with, with that passing we've, we've uh, picked up several new growers uh, one grower in particular Elwood uh, Canyon down in uh, the Santa Barbara area I've talked about him <clears throat> yeah we had time. him on the show yes Mm-hmm. Yeah, on, on several occasions, we we have a new uh, tomato grower out of Hollister, California, under the under the name Ambrosia. Uh, another grower who's the second or third generation out of out of uh, Watsonville called Spade and Plow. Uh, we've taken on a new herb grower. There's uh, also a new uh, garlic grower that's come on that's been able to kind of challenge the Christopher uh, Ranch, which has been around for decades. You know, what, what this allows us to do, this influx of growers, means a couple of things. One is that the industry is healthy, and it, it is the, the demand is strong, which the demand is, is, is demanding mm-hmm. more product of supply, which equals more growers. So that's the upside of all that. That's not a, an illusion by any any means. A good business person is not going to enter a field if they don't feel that they can be successful. Yeah, and it's interesting you, what you're uh, speaking of. There's, of course, an, a normal aging of, of any farm, and at one point retirement, and yeah. then the uh, you know the, what what does the future hold for that land? And um, but there is a, a cluster right now. The movement, the organic movement, started in the early '70s, and people were anywhere between. 25 and maybe 35. So 40 years, 45 years forward to today, there's a whole generation of organic leaders, of first organic farmers from the 70s that at least are now uh, looking at retirement, if if not are retiring right now in the process. I know Starout Farms, Warren Weber is retiring after 40 plus years of being an organic baby lettuce mix grower. He, he invented that. So it's, it's interesting that we are seeing really uh, quite a staggering number of, of old type organic leadership farms now being um, in the pool to, to be managed for the future, right? Yeah, it, it is. What's and, the succession? You know, part of it is, you know, there's a bit of, uh, you know, a real grounding of, yeah. you know, for a period of time being maybe a little melan- melancholy, but at the same time, at least on my side, there are so many new growers coming on. and Well, uh, death and birth always go together, right? That's precisely. what you're saying. And it's also, uh, what we've seen is that the demand has spawned a lot of new Mexican growers. Wow. And, and that's a fascinating thing because um, the dollar is very strong right now, and, and they're, and they, the, those growers feel quite happy about, you know, developing more supply. We're seeing, and with that more larger supply comes better quality because anytime there's bigger, more supply, you have more choice. Sure. And people tend to hmm. upgrade the quality of what they're doing, the, the function 
you're operating, and that goes from uh, all the way from your planning of your of your crops to the seeds that you're choosing to the experienced people out out in the field to the infrastructure that you sure. need to develop. I mean, it goes all the way down the line, and of course, the trucking lines are all already developed, so we're seeing really, really high-quality product coming from south of the border, and we're in the middle of the season right now. That's so interesting to hear that the demand for organic continues to rise and is so strong that even larger Mexican farms are now coming on board. Mexico, in terms of agriculture and the agricultural laws, uh, still a country that uses quite a bit of pesticides and non-organic, of course. Wonderful to see that our demand is so strong and growing that it even affects directly other countries now in the agricultural practices. Yeah. The other uh, dynamic is there's certainly a portion of, of growers that are working cooperatively in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And what, I, what we've seen is some of them splinter off and to develop their own label, which then you know, continues to spawn uh, more and more labels and more and more production and more and more differentiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen a, a lot of that. And, 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 and then, rather than you're dealing with a big co-op, you're dealing with individual clusters of growers and you get a little more intimate knowledge and relationship going. Sure. So for me, that, that's a very positive aspect. And fi- I mean, it's all driven by consumers, right? Consumer demand yeah. is, is doing everything. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's grown, if it's rotting on the shelf, if it's not being picked up. Nobody, this industry will not keep growing and will, will not be successful. So big shout out, it sounds like, to, to consumer behavior and our educational yeah. efforts which seem to continue to, to attract more people, right? It really does. You know, there is a natural rhythm that, that happens. And you know, so I've seen it in the past couple of decades where supply gets very strong and then ebbs back a little bit as the, as the demand catches up with the supply one more time. But all along, overall, the demand continues to grow Thus, the supply does, and occasionally the supply outgrows the demand for a year or two, and then it comes back, and then bingo, it surges again. It's almost, it's almost uh, like a current or a wave, but and it you, continues you, to grow. You see that on the on the uh, grocery aisle as well, right? You have many more oh, yeah. retail stores now than five years ago that are interested oh. that came on board that were not even considered organic or natural that now have a f- fair organic segment because of, of your work, yeah? Oh, absolutely. I mean, years and years ago, when was it, about 15, 20 years ago, I, I drove cross-country with my son, and we were hard-pressed to find organic product uh-huh. in, in certain stores. We were very much earnest about natural food stores, health food stores, to be able to find that. And nowadays, you can walk into almost any uh, very you know, large footprint, yeah. think uh, Safeway or Kroger's, uh, where they will have, I mean, you know, it's true, Walmart, Costco, yeah. they all have an organic footprint now, a segment that is definitely in response to the demand of the consumer. And the Molly Stones and the Woodlands and like these middle, you know, s- right. s- smaller, not quite as large as a, as a Costco, but uh, yeah. like your classic grocer in your, in your town, uh, really yeah. fair, good, good quality product. I mean, most of the time here in the Bay Area, it's yours anyway, oh, but yeah. amazing. Yeah, we call those um, middle independent. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where, they're, where they're, you know, they're independent. They're only yeah. two or three or four or five or six stores. Yeah, small chains. And they're, mm-hmm. and they're very, they're very uh, well done. Yeah. Uh, they generally uh, uh, very high quality. Could be a little pricier on some occasions. Yeah. But they generally service a, a very specific community, and they they do a great job. And we're we have uh, just a huge amount of them in the Bay Area serving all the different c- communities. Yeah, that's a lot of buying power there. Great. There really is. Some other things I wanted to touch on that are happening were a couple new products that we saw hit this year. One is that pomegranate, pomegranate aril. That's the little individual segments of the, in, of the interior of the pomegranate, the actual seed itself. It's called an aril, A-R-I-L. And that has become very popular where now you can go into stores and actually see the seeds themselves packaged in a little cup right yeah i yeah, love it yeah. yeah yeah that's become very popular <laughs> this year uh we've seen well way way up on the convenience factor right i mean oh, pomegranates yeah. can ruin your favorite shirt and this is just <laughs> they're so delicious but you know sometimes it's a little hard to get to them um oh yeah so this it's, is just really nice 
And, and I was speaking to a friend of mine over in Hawaii. He was talking about the properties, the healing properties. He was talking specifically about arthritis, about how the pom- how he was finding uh-huh. pomegranate juice was uh, yeah. very positive in, in combating that. Uh, nice. We're seeing the berry, you know, the strawberry, raspberry, blackberry, blueberry segment explode with all these different uh, packaging. So in other words, what I mean by packaging is the little clamshells that they come in. Right. And we've seen the little individual small ones, which may be a half a pint. Now you get up to a pint. Now there's two-pound units. Same thing with the raspberries. We're seeing these different size units that the berries come packaged. And uh, what's been found by surveying and by watching is that the more the, diff- the more different packaging you have on display, the more sales you're going to have because they appeal different aspects of the shoppers. Sure. Meaning, the, you know, the bigger packaging, the family's going to want that. The smaller ones, maybe for the individual single person, maybe a couple wants a medium size. So that's been an interesting evolution of packaging for the berries. We're seeing um, the more development of different uh, varieties of different things, uh, different items. This one in particular I want to talk about is the grapes. The, the historic popular green seedless grape would be the Thompson, and even before that would be the Perlette. And they're wonderful, delicious, but uh, again, in, in our striving, the American uh, innovation of, of, of bettering, uh, we've developed these different uh, varieties, and some of them, I feel, are better. And they're, you look for the different uh, varieties in the years to come. One's called a Stella Bella. Another one's called an Autumn King. And both of those are developed. They're bigger. They're, they're sweeter. They have, they, they're, more, they're more pretty on display, if you will. And that, again, has to do with the demand for customers of, of having appealing-looking fruit. But also, it, 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 it's easier to grow for some, uh, for some growers. I think it's taking a little less irrigation. So, again, the, the ingenuity of the industry continues to develop more products. Yeah, great. And the education of the consumer continues. So they do. You, you were talking about in another segment a few weeks back, or a few months back, actually, that there was a time when produce was developed uh, predominantly, at least, not maybe ignoring taste, but predominantly for shipping. And it's it has clearly, in organic anyway, but it has clearly now caught up to taste again without yeah. you know n- uh, neglecting the shipping aspect or the display or the storage aspect. So it sounds like as we are bettering our produce um, organically, of course, uh, and w- without genetic engineering or any of that, we're able to create fruits and vegetables that are, that that do have all these attributes, yeah, like longer shelf life, better flavor, nutrient rich, and sh- still ship uh, much better than than what we did 15 years ago. It really is. It's great to see those two marry. Where, um, like you said, uh, years ago it was all about appearance, shipability, and now it's marrying that with flavor and uh, beautiful and some aspects about uh, you know in response to the drought. So yeah, it's 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 great innovation. Yeah, great. Lots of transitions and educational efforts will help in the smoothness of those transitions of farms and generations and wisdom. Thanks for all your work, Earl, and for being part of the show every year. Yeah, it's great fun. <laughs> okay. We'll talk soon. Yeah, man. I'll be looking forward to it. Thanks, Earl. Take care. Yes. Bye. And that wraps up another hour of An Organic Conversation. I'm Helge Helberg. That was Earl Herrick with What's in Season, the update from the produce doc. And again, the website is earlsorganic.com. Really great resource for recipes and photos of varieties and all kinds of produce tips so that you can save a pretty dollar by buying something that is actually ripe and delicious and learn how to store it well so it doesn't go kaput at your home. That's earlsorganic.com and, of course, women's empowerment and gender equality, our main focus in this hour, from the unthinkable to the inevitable with Tiffany Schlain, Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, about her new movie, 5050, about gender equality. I'm Helga Helberg. This is An Organic Conversation, and we'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.
And that was this week's edition of An Organic Conversation. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you also to our associate producer, Kristen Ponger. An Organic Conversation is made possible through listeners like you and the fantastic support of our underwriters. Equal Exchange, a worker-owned cooperative that ensures your food is environmentally sound and socially just. Equal Exchange has been creating big change for small farmers for over 30 years by offering certified organic and fair trade coffee, tea, chocolate, bananas, and avocados. More on Equal Exchange at equalexchange.coop. And Utterly, offering beautiful and fun clothing for boys and girls that is made entirely from the unused fabric of prominent apparel manufacturers. Every garment reduces our eco-footprint by preventing this fabric from reaching the waste stream. Utterly, making sustainability fashionable and fashion sustainable. For more information, utterly.co. Also, Earl's Organic Produce, a national distributor providing certified organic fruits and vegetables for your store, home, or business. Are you a chef? have a catering business, or planning a party, or simply just love organic produce, anyone can buy directly from Earl's Organic at wholesale prices. The website is earlsorganic.com. And Fry Vineyards, America's first certified organic winery, producing organic and certified biodynamic wine without synthetic sulfites or other preservatives. Family-owned and operated since 1980. Fry Vineyards, Mendocino County award-winning wines. For more information, frywine.com. That's F-R-E-Y-W-I-N-E dot com. Lastly, thank you as well to Bowman College, focused on holistic nutrition and culinary arts for over 20 years. Bowman College offers professional training programs that prepare individuals four careers as nutrition consultants and natural chefs. Their website is bowmancollege.org. That's B-A-U-M-A-N college.org. If you missed parts of this show or for any other episode, go to anorganicconversation.com or subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so you'll never miss an episode. And for more information, health tips, recipes, and your daily dose of inspiration, find us on Facebook and Instagram at An Organic Conversation and on Twitter at Talk Organic. I'm Helge Helberg, and we'll be back with another great episode right here, same place, same time, next week. See you then. <music>